You're listening to JM Partners Atlanta Market East Drop. A quick real estate update from Jerry Metcalf Partners, real estate agents on the ground in Atlanta, talking about what it's like, what to expect, the pros, the cons, and what to consider to align yourself and your loved ones for the best opportunities. All right, everybody, it's JM Partners with three things to know from Atlanta on the ground, Atlanta Market, we used to call this subtitle, Atlanta Market East Rock, Adam Vickers, Bridget Posey, and Jerry Metcalf with you today. This week is three things to know, three potential deal killers, no matter what the price. Number one, when the seller moves out. Number two, due diligence, touchy subject. Number three, financing is cash king, and sometimes it actually isn't. And we're going to add like what 3B or number four, communication. Like maybe that should be the one, one thing to know this week. So again, when the seller moves out, due diligence, which that means inspection period, financing, when cash isn't king, and communication, number four slash one. All right, let's talk for a minute about what do we mean by like when the seller moves out? You sell the house, you close it, the seller moves out. That's how it works, right? Not all the time. Not ever right now. (laughs) (laughs) Rarely right now. But that's good, right? Because that's convincing. That allows the sellers to list and put their house on the market. So we can give them time to find something. So now these days, especially with things moving so quickly, sellers wanting to have their house sold to be able to not have a contingency when they buy a house because it is such a hard market. It's becoming a major priority for sellers to be able to stay in their homes after closing. So as a buyer, you're thinking, well, if I'm the seller, right? But anyway, back to the buyer. As a buyer, if you can give that seller possession, that we have had many listings in which the seller made the decision solely based on the ability to have possession regardless of many of the other terms of the offers is really, really strong. A lot of people just assume price and cash. Um, does anybody have any scoops or stories we want to share on that to give some perspective? Well, only that if you start looking at a calendar and you start doing the dates and you work backwards from when you want to be out, most people are more in line with that time period than they realize right? Like if they are looking to move in the summer, it's already almost May. So that all of a sudden they're like, oh, okay, we need to, now it gives them more of a a push to go ahead and list. Oh, good point. Yeah. So sometimes too, you think about listing and timing. So really it's timing, but again, as buyers, a lot of times buyers think what I'm not letting the seller stay in my house or I can't let the seller stay in my house. As you go through the process, really think about terms deal killers, we have, I've had, we've had a few where the buyers, the sellers just like, look, if somebody will let me stay in the house, that is everything over anything this other buyer can offer me. Another one, um, and we can talk about some things that can be dangerous about this one and when you're using options, but another one is due diligence. So in the due diligence means that's the inspection period. We've talked about this before on the show, but in the due diligence period, you have a right to terminate no matter what. A lot of agents and buyers are saying, okay, I know like in my due diligence, I know I've got a right to terminate, but look, I'm not going to ask you for any repairs. I really want it. It's as is. That's not as is. 
if you have a due diligence, but you say it's as is, it's not as is, unless you're losing all of your earnest money when you close. So speaking to that, one of these options we've spoken of before, Bridget, you are probably like, I've got a lot of experience with both of these, but in due diligence, there are two things we can do. There's something called right to request repair so that the buyer doesn't terminate no matter what, um, which is a seller that gives us a lot of comfort in many cases, depending on the house too, by the way, there've been times where we've actually decided to go with due diligence, not right to request repairs. But the other one is, um, but do actually buying an option, mm-hmm. um, Bridget? Which one do you want to? Or Adam, either one of you want to speak to one of those? Bridget, I, I'm a proponent of the option. So protecting your earnest money, giving you the due diligence, but adding whatever amount will get it done. But it can be five, ten, fifteen thousand. But it's not fifty thousand in earnest money. Yeah. But the option then that is money that goes back that goes right to the seller. So to reiterate what Bridget just said, so everybody knows when you go under contract, you put earnest money down for a property. Well, when you have a quote due diligence, that's really just a free option. You're giving earnest money that you're going to get it all back. If, as long as you terminate during that due diligence period, which these days it used to be 10 to 14 days in the hotter market. Now it tends to be seven to 10 days. So what happens is as a seller, you've got a lot of uncertainty on, and Bridget says, even on many deals, for those of you watching, <laughs> and then again, I'm going to sidetrack y'all, but it comes to price point. I know we've had, that's this- true. That's true. It is based on price point. It's based on price point. It's based on the size of the home. We, we've had transactions fall through where buyers have come in and the agent is formally represented homes of, of a lesser price point. And they're going on this assumption that a 1% is plenty of earnest money for a house. That's a million dollars for a $250,000 house. 1% is significant. For a $1 million house, a 1% earnest money to the sellers, like, are these guys serious? So when the agent, making sure you are understanding that you're negotiating from the seller's perspective as the buyer to make sure you get, you know, when you're on the other side, when you're coming from another side of the table from someone and you don't know how it is in their shoes, it really is a fast way to a deal pillar, which leads to that number four one. Um, But back to what Bridget was saying is, Bridget comes in and says, okay, here's our earnest money. But by the way, we're going to also give you an amount of money up front that we'll never get back called option money. That like it's option money. Like if we terminate, we know we'll never see that money again. And that's non-refundable deposit. what's that Adam? Non-refundable deposit. It's actually refundable at the closing table. You can get it back. Well, at closing. well that's why it's non-refundable because it goes into the, right, <laughs> you have to close. Right. <laughs> options don't go towards the purchase price. So great point, but non-refundable, it's basically your deposit mm-hmm. um, that will go towards the purchase price at closing. The other one is right to request repairs. Now that one can be a little bit, it sounds great because you go in, it's, it's short and sweet of it is, there are forums with GAR, Georgia Association of Realtors that basically outline it that say, look, if there are defects on the property, the seller agrees to address them. As a buyer, there are some really weird, complicated terms in there that if you it's easy to lose your earnest money and for timelines to pass if you don't understand the verbiage in there because it's not used frequently. On the seller end, if you've got an older home, um, it can be a little bit like, okay, these are little, these terms on termite damage and things like that that are in there. It, we're in Georgia. It's not if a house has had termites, it's when. So that can leave buyers nervous. So again, it all comes down to the deal, listening, communicating that last one we keep going to again that covers all of these 
but when the seller moves out, what that due diligence period is, what it means to the seller and how to position it that everybody's protected and your client has, you as a buyer, have the best shot at getting that house and get it, by the way. And the last one, or the third one, financing. When cash isn't king, um, when is like cash, like who doesn't want like a cash deal? It's just going to close. No problem. Why would we want out want a cash deal? Well, you had the best example because they wouldn't, possession was important and they wouldn't, the, the buyer said, well, we're paying cash. We want to move in in 10 days and sellers can't move out in 10 days. Cash isn't king when the other terms don't work for the seller, whether it's possession, whether it's due diligence, whether it's, um, you know, a number of, sometimes there are contingencies on certain things about doing an addition on the house, doing, finding out, you know, I'm thinking of too many specifics that aren't worth mentioning, but um, Bridget, you had an example too, of a lot of times with cash buyers, they, people don't realize the complications that can come to an effect if it's going through a trust, for example, or there are assignments that have to happen on a cash deal. Exactly. Um, right. I mean, anything that they're, if they're going to adjust, let's say they put the offer in, in their name and then they want to switch it to a company or an entity that takes time. You have to typically pull title again, um, especially if you establish a trust to purchase the property. And these are all things that we deal with, especially in the luxury market, but really at any price point. And that that takes time. You can't do that in 10 days. So they kind of, they go in, they get under contract and then they, you know, it's the whole bait and switch. And then all of a sudden you're 15, 20 days and you thought it was gonna be a 10 day closing. Or somebody was supposed to sign for the trust and they haven't shown up and it was cash. Wait a minute. And now... Uh, what, what's going to happen. And now the earnest money's lost and a cash buyer, that earnest money lost wasn't as significant. So it doesn't always hold the deal together as well. Right. Don't get us wrong. Cash is good, but make sure it's good. Yep. Go ahead, Adam. No, I mean, it kind of segues right into the communication, right? I mean, you kind of touched on it a little bit with cash is great, but if that, if there are other terms that are more important to the seller, cash isn't always great. And how do you figure that out? It's not just throwing, Hey, here's a cash offer. It's that communication between the agents, like really having those upfront conversations, what is important to your seller that we can make sure that we hit on. Um, and not just be like, Hey, we're all cash. Like you should take our offer. And it's like, well, not necessarily. There are other things. And that goes back to your possession and your due diligence and, possibly option money, it's, it, it kind of covers all of those, which really make up the best offer. Great point. Great point, Adam. And that, and back to the communication and all of those parameters, a big one we have noticed is that buyers, if you like a house as a buyer, it is our job as your agent. It is very important in today's market. The seller's agents are navigating buyers. It's if a buyer doesn't like a house or they're not sure the buyer wants the house, there's not time to deal with that buyer. We've got to focus on the buyers that want the house and that we're confident will close. And that communication and what's the who's the buyer, what's the buyer, what's the interest in the house, and being sure that this is the buyer that wants it because there are in fact more terminations going on now than normal because buyers get very anxious. They want to get the house and then they pull out. So as a seller, as a seller, the sellers want to be sure and as agents, we make sure that the buyers that we put under contract are not going to do that. Right. Like the one. <laughs> Any guys any other examples on that we want to share before we close out? Just don't hesitate on 
well, I guess now I'm speaking as a listening agent. Parenting. Have a buyer that loves the house. Now is not the time. This isn't the market to try to pretend like they don't. You know, to try to think. Tell us if they love the house. Make it known. Well, and something interesting to to stories is we've had some properties under due diligence and some agents come back and kind of hem and haw, and we'd line up. It, that 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 him and hawing on a on a due diligence is time to collect backups or bring the backup in. It's not time. A seller's agent doesn't hear that as oh no, we have to negotiate. And if they're negotiating and representing a seller well on this market, they go okay. Buyer next buyer needs to come in. These guys don't really want it. Right. But exactly. The fear of a buyer is I'm not going to get it. The fear of a seller is they're not going to close on time or give me the terms or worst of all. They're going to terminate. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Were you going to say anything else before we close out? No. I think we covered it. Yeah. Everybody, like, practically live now. Love and, it. Right. Unscripted and recorded. Communication. Exactly. <laughs> so thanks for listening to JM Partners of Atlanta Fun Homes. From the ground, three things to know eavesdropping on us talking about it and if you guys have any questions you want to keep up with the market every week just check us out three things to know any place you can find a podcast or just go to three things to know dot jmpartners dot io bye y'all thanks jerry thank you for listening to the jm partners atlanta market eavesdrop if you like what you heard please subscribe and share with your friends who might be moving or who just want to keep up with the latest on the Atlanta residential market. You can find us anytime online at jmpartners.io. That's jmpartners.io.